right. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We have been, uh, we have been in a three-week Christmas series called Prepare. And week one, we spoke about preparing to be his instrument. And we looked at the story of the angel visiting Mary. Week two, we talked about preparing to meet the Savior. And we read of the story of the angel visiting Joseph. Today, we're going to learn, we're going to, uh, today's title is Prepare for History's Greatest News. And we're going to look at the story of the angels visiting the shepherds. Amen. Father God, right now we come before you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. We thank you, Lord, for this day. Lord, right now we just want to lift you up. We want to praise you. We want to glorify you, Father God, that you have your way. Speak to us this morning. That everything today will glorify you. That this message will glorify you, Father. Speak into our hearts. Speak to our hearts today. Change our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, uh, today's title is speaking, uh, today's title is prepare for history's greatest news. Prepare for history's greatest news. And um, <laughs> I know that the worship team kind of touched on 2020 already, and it was funny because I was like, man, 2020 has really lacked some great news. 2020 has lacked some great news. It has been one thing after another. As a matter of fact, I, I, I was even curious. I was like, you know what? I know the things that affected me, but what else happened in 2020? And I was like, let me put a little list together here. And it's, this is not to depress you, but this is just to, to kind of highlight some things, right? First, we, uh, we, there's wildfires in the West Coast, wildfires that have destroyed so much and that they were fighting so tirelessly to put out. Um, protests and riots that break out across our country, multiple cities, creating racial divide as a result of the death of George Floyd. It brought much division to our, our, our country, much uh, destruction. It was a mess. The WHO, the WHO, World Organization, uh, the, 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 uh, the World Health Organization, reported new cases and deaths of Ebola in West Africa. The Australian bushfires killed or displaced more than three, listen to this number, three billion animals. An American missionary was kidnapped in West Africa this year. Confirmed case, uh, COVID cases reach over 47 million cases worldwide, resulting with 700,000 deaths. We get killer hornets that arrive in our country in 2020. These killer hornets. And if you guys saw it this summer, they were huge, right? The pandemic has triggered a global recession as many countries lock down and shut down their businesses, their trade, their commerce. 
and a global recession is triggered. Kobe Bryant dies in a helicopter crash. Politics in our country. Don't worry, I won't get into politics. But just saying politics in our country has divided our families, has divided our friendships, and has divided our churches. And it's sad that we have allowed politics to divide the body of Christ. Explosions in Beirut. You guys heard the explosions in Beirut? Over 150 people killed, thousands injured, over 300,000 people left homeless. And the ports of Beirut's destroyed. <laughs> we could go on and on because there was much more. I just didn't want it to be so depressing. I didn't want it to be like, oh my goodness, what good came out of 2020, right? We already heard some testimonies because there are many testimonies that have come out of 2020. But if we were to focus on all the negativity, if you were to focus on all the things that have gone wrong, if you're to focus on all the, the sickness and all the, 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 the recessions and all the, uh, and the economy, if you're to focus on that, then who would not get depressed? Who would not be down? Especially now you're in quarantine, you're at home, there's nowhere to go. I mean, you were, for a little bit, we were able to go out to restaurants and certain places, and now they're shut down again. So it's like you're home, it's the holidays, you can't be with all your family that you wish you could have seen, and you have all the time in the world to think about all the things that have happened in 2020. Some may say it was a very depressing holiday. Many made the best of their holidays and created very intimate settings with their immediate family. Amen? But how great is it? How great is it when in the midst of trials, in the midst of tribulations, in the midst of death, in the midst of sickness, in the midst of all that is going wrong, you are given great news. Oh, how great it is. That it, the, all of a sudden, the mood change, the excitement, the, the feeling of hope that once again you begin to feel. Because I'm going to tell you right now, when you're going through all that, where is the hope? But when you're given great news, it's like hope comes back. It's like keeping the hope alive, right? Joy and happiness fills your soul. Today, we're going to hear about great news. Great news that was given to the shepherds back then that still remains great news today. Amen? Amen. Let's take a look at Luke chapter 2, verses 9 through 14. Luke chapter 2, verses 9 through 14. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Father God. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, the shepherds. And the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news. Great news that will bring great joy to all the people. 
the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by the sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Praise God. Praise God. You know, I was thinking more than, more than the others, more than the other times that we read about with Mary and Joseph, I believe that God's message through the angels to the shepherds, right, it, it represents God's message to humanity. It, it, it better represents him speaking to us. It was, it, this was the only angelic announcement, appearance, out of the ones that we read, that there were more than one angel. You know, Mary saw one angel. Joseph saw one angel. Even if you read prior to that, Elizabeth and Zechariah each saw one angel. This was the only uh, occurrence where there was not just one angel, but then multiple angels because all the others just saw one. All, this is the only occurrence where the shepherds as a group saw the angels because the, all the other instances, the individuals were alone. This was a group of the Lord's angels sharing a message with a group of shepherds. Common folk, village folk, you know, and, and I was going to go into talking about shepherds. I know we did that before, and, and I was reading, and I read a little deeper than last time, and there's even some debate about the status of shepherds, you know? All I know is that, you know, uh, I know that being a shepherd was something in the beginning. We see in the Old Testament, we see David as a shepherd. We see Abraham, and, and we see these men of God sh as shepherds. So, you know, it couldn't be something lowly. At the same time, we read, and a lot of theologians say that as time progressed, you know, things changed in the world, and it became something that was not something that people would volunteer to do, something that, you know, <clears throat> was something lowly. So here we have these angels, these, this army of angels speaking to the common folk, these shepherds, out in the field this evening. And in this message, I want to take a look at it, and I want to talk deeper about this message. It's kind of the several different points about it. And the first thing I want to say about this message is great news, is that it's for real people living real life. Real people living real life. Luke 2, chapter 8, if you go before, if you go a little further up, it says, now there were... In the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. They were shepherds just doing what they were doing. Doing what they were supposed to be doing. Just working. This message was for them. This message is for you. There are many of us that are just working, going through every day, um, working hard, trying to make ends meet. You know, trying to keep the family together. Trying to do our best to raise our kids right. This message, this great news, is for you. This is how they made a living. Real people. 
The thing is that sometimes we get mistaken where we believe that the message is for perfect people. The message is great news. It can't be for me because I don't have it all together yet. This great message can't be for me because I still make mistakes. This great message can't be for me because I'm not where I need to be yet. But that's the thing. If that's the thinking that you're having, then you'll never be there. and You'll never receive this great news that is for you and it's for you right now. He isn't saying, get your stuff together so that you can receive my message. He isn't saying, you know, put, uh, g- gather all your, 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 your stuff and get all your uh, arrangements done and, and be a better person and, and, and stop doing this and stop doing that. He, that's not what his message is. His message is that a Savior was born for you, for me. Romans 10, 13 says, uh, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. It's, again, it's not an elite group. It's not just a certain select of people. Everyone. How many times have you felt uh, displaced? This, this can't be for me. You see some people, like you look at those that are serving God and, 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 and you look at those that are, are serving in the kingdom and you look at those that, are, that are, are, are serving in leadership and you might say, you know what, this can never be for me because I don't know how I'll ever get my life together. This can never be for me because I don't know, I, 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 I'm struggling with this, I'm struggling with that. Um, I, it can't be for me because I don't have enough faith, so this possibly This can't possibly be for me. And the word is saying, the word is saying that for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. So it's not get your life together. It's not get your bank in order, your account in order. It's not stop uh, stop doing this bad habit. No, those things will come in time, right? All it's saying is call on to me. Call out. To me, is what he asks of us today. But you know what's another problem? Another problem is so many of us are so busy condemning ourselves for our own sin. One thing is, one thing is to, 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 to be convicted, and one thing is to condemn yourself. We should all be experiencing conviction when we do wrong. And the conviction should drive us to repentance. But what happens when we condemn, condemnation does not drive you to repentance. Condemnation drives you further from God. Because then it's, you know what, I, can't, I can never come back from this. He'll never forgive me for this. For the things I've done, for the things I've said, for how I've acted, there's no forgiveness for that. And so what happens is instead of getting closer to God, we start to walk away and walk away and walk away. And before you know it, you're so far from God. We have to be careful that we don't uh, soak in condemnation, that we don't condemn ourselves because we, Christ didn't come to condemn us. He came to save us and to set us free. The message 
This great news is for you, is for all of us. Not when we get better, not when we get it together, but right now. Right now. This message, this message, is God, God's message for the world is good news. <laughs> in, a word, in a year that we've had a lot of bad news, there's been some good news. Good news. We have people getting engaged, <laughs> Fabian, right? We have babies being born, amen? We have new jobs, getting, uh, 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 getting, getting new jobs. We have people coming to Christ, getting saved. This is a year that even in the midst of so much going wrong, there is good news. As the angel was giving the shepherds this good news, as the angels surrounded and the presence of God filled that place to tell the shepherds of what was happening, there were two elements that are identified in their reaction, right? Two things, two ways that, that the shepherds reacted. And the first one was fear. Fear. The angel of the Lord even had to tell him, like, don't be afraid. Chill, relax. It's all good. But they were filled with fear first. They were scared. We fear God because he's holy. And this is something that not everybody understands. It's like, fear, why am I supposed to be scared of God? No, we fear God because he's holy. We fear God because he's great, because he's awesome. We fear God because an encounter with God Right? When we encounter God, we see, we, we see and we're reminded of our sinful nature. When we're in the presence of God, we're reminded of how filthy we are. How sinful we are and how we are unable to stand in his presence. That's the God that we fear. A perfect God. But you know what? Fear sounds kind of like, oh, that sounds kind of bad. There's, there's some great things that come out of fearing the Lord. Let me, let, me, let me read a couple to you, right? Psalms 145, 19. It says, he grants the desires of those who fear him. Psalms 147, 11 says, the Lord favors those who who fear and worship him. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I want, I want these things. I want these things. Yes, the gospel means good news. The gospel means good news, right? But there's something about the good news of the gospel that really can't be good news to you until you realize what is bad news. Some of us are living life not realizing that the good news is the good news because you don't know that the condition that you're living in is bad news. And so when you hear the good news, you don't realize it's good news because you're so lost in your sin. Listen to me. Listen to me. 
the reason why we, we, our, our flesh, this world, this, this sinful nature is all bad news is because if we let it take off and if we, if we, if we don't uh, surrender to the Lord, this bad news that surrounds us, it's punished by eternal death. That's 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 what that's it's it's no easy way to say it. There's no nice, warm, and fuzzy way to say that the bad news that we are living in will result in eternal death in hell. But that's why the gospel is good news. Because you don't have to spend eternity in hell. We have been given good news. The good news is, listen, you're going on your way to hell to burn and to die for eternity. But there's good news, and his name is Jesus Christ. And it's through Jesus Christ that you don't have to die. You don't have to suffer. You can live for eternity. Come on, if that's not good news, I don't know what is. That is the greatest news of all history. Listen, that's like, that's, like, that's like discovering a cheat code in a video game back in the day. I don't know if they still do. I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I haven't played in years. But discovering a cheat code that gives you eternal life in a video game. Do you know how much more confidence you walk through that video game? Like, oh, it doesn't matter. I, I just, I have a, and you just go and you, and you walk through that game the same way you walk through life now, knowing I have eternity with Christ. Guess what? I'm going to walk boldly. I'm going to walk in the authority of Christ. I'm going to walk knowing who I am, a prince, a princess, of a king of kings. That's who I am. It changes your attitude. It changes your character. It changes your personality. You're no longer someone just, whoa, where's me? Oh, what am I going to do today? No, it gives you some authority, strength in the times that you should be weak, right? It gives you joy in the times when you should be sad. It allows you to tap into a heavenly wisdom called discernment to help us make some better decisions in our walk. Mm. The second response from these shepherds were, was joy. Joy. Sweet relief. A peace in their soul. That's what they felt when they realized that the message that the angels were, were, were uh, the, the message the angels were bringing was not a message of judgment. I mean, can you imagine being a shepherd? Can you imagine being there and all of a sudden the heavens open up and angels are right in front of you and then you're like, "Oh man, this is it! I'm done! I'm getting judged!" And can you imagine? Because I mean, let's be honest. Those that are watching, that are listening, if God just kick the door down in your house right now and says, up, oh, time's up. At that moment, wouldn't you fear judgment? Would some of us fear judgment if judgment came upon us right now? Because that, I'm telling you, we keep, we're taking this as a game. And, and I know this is the last Sunday of 2020. And you know what? 2020 has been a roller coaster. 
But the truth is this. Some of us are playing, and, we, and this, this walk with God is a game, and what if judgment were to come right now? Church, I wish I could, man, I wish I could sit here with a little harp and give you a nice, a nice little sermon to end the year with, you know, with birds chirping in the background, with the sun beaming down, with all types of decorations and, and, and murals and even smoke machines and fog machines to create an atmosphere, right? that some may do. But the truth has to be told because your eternity depends on it. It's, it, it, it there's too much going on. And I was talking to my wife and I said, man, I should do... <laughs> I, sh I told my wife, I was like, man, I should sit with my dad and have like, uh, call it uh, like OG uh, late night talks and do like a live on Facebook with my dad, which would be hilarious, right? Like, like once a week or once a month and just sit with him and talk serious things about like what's happening in the church. You know, from an OG perspective, because my dad is seasoned, he's mature, he's, you know, he's been pastoring for so long. And me, I'm, I'm young, I'm new, and I'm, yes, I'm young. Yes, I'm young. Um, and and kind of talk about it. And because, you know, there's so much stuff, so much clouding uh, the presence of God, so much clouding his words, so much uh, clouding uh, our, Christian, our Christian walk. Because, you know what, it's not about the lights, it's not about the fog, it's not about the presentation. It's not a, we're not here to entertain. Yo, oh, oh, I, I, told, I told her this. I said, I said babe, I'm going to title the first session Hollywood Church. And I told her, I said, I said, I said I'm going to sit with my dad and we're going to talk about Hollywood Church. Hollywood churches. And she goes, what is, what, what's that? I say, babe, what is Hollywood's main focus? What, what is their purpose? Why does Hollywood exist? It exists to entertain. And there are churches, unfortunately, because I don't, I, and, and I don't like even talking about this because it doesn't really edify the whole body. But the truth is there are churches that, that, that are, are, are just entertaining people. And then while they're entertaining, people are, are losing their lives and souls are being lost. And what's happening is they will never see eternity because they're so busy having fun and, be, and being pampered and, 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 and making felt so comfortable. Are you comfortable, Vanessa? Because as long as you're comfortable in that seat, your eternity doesn't really matter to me as long as you're just comfortable. What, why is the church here? Why do we, oh, we're getting off topic. We're getting off topic. I apologize. We got to get back. Let's get back. The, the, the angels didn't bring a message of judgment. Dang, that's how we got there. They didn't bring a message of judgment, right? They brought a message. They, they brought a message of salvation. Judgment will one day come. Salvation is for today. Right now, you can make that decision. Jeremiah 15, 16 says, When I discovered your words, I devoured them. They are my joy and my heart's delight. For I bear your name, Lord God, of heaven's army. Whew. Romans 15, 13 says, I pray 
that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. True joy comes from the Lord. Listen to me. True joy comes from the Lord and period. That's it. Is that what y'all say now? Period. Right? Period. True joy, true joy comes from the Lord. Anything else that you think is joy, right, that does not come from the Lord is just a temporary emotional reaction to something good that just happened in your life. That will fade away. Because the second something bad happens, where is that joy? Where is that joy? Come on. True joy comes from the Lord. This message is great news. This God's message for the world demands a decision. It demands a decision. The shepherds, right, the shepherds decided to act. They saw the angels. The angels came. They told them the great news. They told them about Jesus. They told them where he was going to be, and they told them what, he was, what to look for. And in verses 15 and 16, you see they got up, and they went. They made a decision after their encounter with God to move. Some of us are hearing the message, and we have not yet made a decision to move. We have not yet made a decision to act. We have not made a decision to serve. We have not made a decision to surrender. We need to make a decision. Again, that decision that you make, it's an investment on your eternity. Matthew 10, Matthew 10, 38 says, if you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. Some of us look at that cross and we're like, oh, it's just too heavy for me. I just don't feel like doing it. I just don't want to. I, I mean, I mean let, let's, say, let, let's be honest. I, I mentioned a couple weeks ago, I don't remember, I don't remember it was a couple weeks ago, I mentioned saying that it's a daily decision to say, God, today I decide to follow you. Today I'm going to submit to your will. Today I'm going to do what you've asked me to do. A daily we have to do that. Because there are days that you wake up and you see that cross and you're like, oh, I don't know, my back hurts a little bit right here. You know, I was up late last night, still tired. There's too much drama. So-and-so might leave me. Hmm. I've seen that too. John 8, 8, 12 says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads you to life. We are all responsible to respond. The, the thing is, unfortunately, and in some cases fortunately, no one else can make this decision for you. No one else can make this choice for you. No one else can, can decide for you. I know many of us growing up, and, and I, I, I was guilty of this as a, as a young teenager, as a, 
as a preteen pretty much, where it wasn't until I think 12, but, but uh, you know, there was, I was raised in church all my life. And it wasn't until 12 where I realized, wait a minute, I got I to gotta do this for myself. My parents aren't taking me to heaven with them. You know, as, as, as much as they tried to make sure I was raised the best way they could, that wasn't my salvation. My salvation came as a result of a choice, a decision that I made to say, yes, I will receive you. I will accept you. It seems like a simple decision to make. Well, all I got to do is say yes to Jesus. All I got to do is submit and let him use me. (laughs) Our flesh will battle with distractions. Our flesh will battle with sinful desires. You know, our own negative thinking will hinder our, our walk with God, toxic relationships that we are in will keep us from, 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 from blessings, from, from, uh, from walking in his, in, his, in, his, in his direction. Rebelliousness, which by the way, I see this more and more and more each day. Rebelliousness. Fear, and I'm not talking about fear of God like we mentioned earlier, but fear of change. Fear of the unknown. Well, what do you mean? I got, I got, I'm going to serve God. Well, what does he look like? Where is he at? I mean, how, how, how is this going to go? I, I can't see this. I mean, I can't touch it. I can't feel it. I mean, how, how, you, you want me to change my life for something I can't see? I, can't, I mean, fear to change. All these things are used by the enemy to keep us bound, to keep us from making a decision to say, I want to follow Christ. Have you made a decision? Have you decided to follow him? <laughs> and, and I say this, I, I laugh right now because I know I said, have you decided to follow him? And then I just thought of um, the fact that we're supposed to follow him. And some of us say, yes, Lord, I want to follow you. And then y'all act like my dog, Talia. I'm going to tell you about my dog, Talia. A dog is supposed to follow you when you walk them. They, like you are supposed to lead the dog properly. Right? That, that is the proper way to walk a dog. That you are walking the dog. Not the dog walking you. So the dog say, looks at me like I'm ready to follow you. My dog will look at me like, are you ready to take me outside? I'm willing for you to take me outside. Like I'm going to follow you outside. And the second we got outside, my dog thinks that I'm going to follow her. And she wants to pull me and tug me. And I have to be like, sometimes I just stand there. I'm like, we're going to leave until you, we're, we're going to move until you realize I'm leading this. This little dog has me fed up. I'm telling the world. I, I am. I, listen, if you are a dog, I know my brother-in-law is a dog trainer, but he's in New Orleans. He's too far away. I need some tips. This dog needs to learn how to walk right. Anyways, like, are, we, are we like Thalia? That we tell God, I want to follow you. And then we get before God and we say, listen, God, what we need to do is this, 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 this. What you need to do is do this for my life. What you need to do is open this door. What you need to do is give me this for my finance. And you begin to tell God, and and like if he's supposed to follow you, after you've made a decision to follow him. Don't be talias. Please, don't be be talias. (laughs) Lastly, lastly, um, God's message it changes lives forever. Changes lives forever. <laughs> this great news, it changed the lives of the shepherds. It changed them. 
And it prompted them to do at least two things. At least two things that we know of for sure, right, that we can read about. One, it prompted them to tell others about Jesus. And two, it prompted them to offer praise to God. Luke 2.17, it says, After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. Luke 2.20 says, The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for just for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. These shepherds, they told everyone, and they praised God after their encounter with, Christ, with, with God. You know, this isn't the only time that we see an encounter with God, an encounter with His presence lead to sharing and to praising God. Luke 8.39, Luke 8.39 says, No, go back to your family and tell them everything God has done for you. So he went all through the town proclaiming the great things that Jesus had done for him. This story, I'm not going to go too much into it. This was when Jesus, when Jesus arrived, he was crossing the Sea of Galilee and he comes in front of this demon-possessed man. This demon-possessed man that had been like this for such a long time, he had been homeless, naked, living amongst the tombs, the scriptures tell us. He was so dangerous, not only to others, but to himself, that he had a guard around him. They had like placed guards around him, and they had shackled him and chained him. Out of control, purely possessed, when Jesus steps on the scene, because you see, when the presence of God, where the presence of God is, the presence of evil cannot stand. Where there is power of God, the enemy must flee. Right? So Jesus walks in on the scene, and instantly the manifestation of those spirits begin to cry out. Leave, sorry, leave us alone. Leave us alone. Like, and, and began to, to shriek in fear of the presence of God. Begging for mercy. And this point, Jesus, and you guys know the story, he casts out the spirits after speaking with them. And there's a story in there, but let's, he casts out the demons and the spirits into a herd of pigs. And the man is delivered. And the man is now, now like restored. Well, the Bible says at that moment he wanted to go with Jesus. Like, I want to follow you. And that's why the verse starts with no. Because Jesus tells him, no, no, no. Don't, don't follow me. Go and tell others. And he goes and the Bible says, look at that. He went and told them all. Jesus says, go and tell your family. But he doesn't just go and tell his family. He tells everybody what Jesus had done in his life. 
What are you telling others? Are you testifying? Are you sharing? Are you running around saying, oh, this is crazy. You should have seen what God just did in my life. You should have seen what, I was praying for this and God did this. I was, I was, I was hoping for this and I was putting this before God and God answered my prayers. I, I thought I wanted this, but really God wanted me this. And when I accepted God's will in my life, yo, all these doors opened up and it was amazing. Are we running through the towns like this man was, who was once bound and now set free. Because many of us were bound to things. Maybe it didn't look like this, but we were bound to, to, to habits. We were bound to relationships. We were bound to, sin, to, to some sinful things. And God has set you free. Acts 3, 8 says, He jumped up. He stood on his feet and began to walk. Then walking and leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. John and, uh, and Peter and John are approaching the temple. And as they're approaching the temple, they come before this crippled guy who, who, who was always taken and put before the temple so that he can beg and ask for money. And he asks, he looks up to Peter and John. He's looking at them like, yo, you got some change, you know? And Peter's like, listen, I don't got no gold and I don't got no silver that I can give you. But what I do have, I'm going to give you right now. And in the name of Jesus, he said, get up and walk. Some of us are like that beggar asking for the little things. And God's like, listen, listen, listen. Listen, I don't want to give you chump change. I want to change your life. And after he experienced this, this transformation, this supernatural miracle in his body, he got up and he was leaping and praising God. When we encounter the power of God, we should be telling others about it and praising him for it. So in closing, I don't want to be up here for too long. In closing, the shepherds, the demon-possessed man, the crippled man, their hearts were changed. Their lives were changed. They had a new message to give. And a new song to sing because things were different now. Are things different now in your life? Are they different now? Do you have a new song to sing and not singing it? <laughs> Do you have a testimony that you haven't shared? They all encountered Christ. They encountered the presence of God. They encountered a Savior. How about you, though? Have you received this message? Have you encountered the Savior? What is your decision today? What is your decision today? What are you going to decide to do with this great news that was given to us? History's greatest news. And it applies to you if you make a choice. Are you different now than before? Some of you are saying, yes, I'm different now. I've accepted Christ. I'm saved. And I love the Lord all my heart. And I'm, I'm doing my best. And some of you are saying, there, said, no, I... I I'm not different. I'm still the same. And I want to be different. 
Listen, we don't have to wait for January 1st. You know, new year, new me. It's going to be, that's, we're going to see that all over the place. New year, new me. New year, new resolutions. Do the, we don't have to wait for the new year to decide to make the greatest decision that you will ever make in your life. Which is to accept the message of the greatest news that has ever been given. Jesus Christ, our Savior, came to this world as a man to die on a cross for you and for me. To deliver us from the clutches of death. But all you have to do is receive him. All you have to do is accept him. And everything else, all the baggage that you have, all the sin, all the drama, all the junk that you've been walking with, dragging with, the Holy Spirit will deal with that. That's one of the perks. That's one of the perks of being a child of God. That you don't have to do it on your own. It's like, it's, like, it's like having someone carry your bags. It's like having someone put it away. It's like having, one, having someone drive you around. The Holy Spirit is, is, is our guide, is our comforter. It brings us peace. So today, as you guys are watching, listening, have you made the decision to receive the greatest news that has ever been given? If the answer is no, that today can be your day. Today is a day of salvation, says the word. Let's wrap up this year with an amazing testimony that even through one of the worst years that our country may have seen, may have, because I know there's been some other bad ones, you made the best decision of your life. Father God, right now, we praise you, we glorify you, we worship you. Thank you for speaking to us today. Father God, right now, there's someone somewhere listening to this, knowing, Lord, that they need to make a decision today. Knowing that perhaps they've played around with you too long. And knowing, Father God, that if you were to come today, they would not be ready. Father God, I ask right now that you move in their soul and their spirit and their heart right now, Lord, that they may, right where they're at, just fall to their knees, Lord, and say, Lord, I need you right now. I'm a sinner. I'm a mess. But I need you. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Deliver me from what has kept me bound so that I can live for you, that I can serve you, that I can be a mouthpiece for you. But I pray for all those right now that are seeking you at this moment that are making a decision for you at this moment. Lord, surround them with such a supernatural presence of peace that they've never felt in their life. Fill them with love that is out of this world right now. 
that they may feel you right now in Jesus' name. Father God, I praise you and I worship you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.